Hebrews 9, starting with verse 24. Hebrews 9, starting with verse 24. It says this, For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copy, copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer Himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own. For then he would have to, had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for Him. Do you know what man's biggest problem is? The man's biggest problem that we have to deal with in this lifetime is our sin. I mean, if you think about, if you really allow uh, God to to really reflect your soul to you, and what what I mean by that is if you really look deep within yourself, you look deep and you allow God to to show you all really the ugliness that that we have. I mean, I think it's so important. I mean, nobody likes to do that. You know, everybody wants to be told how good they are. But vitally important is for us to allow God to. To let us look in the mirror. To let us see the blemishes. Because without seeing our blemishes, we don't think that we need any of this that we're here for. Do you understand that? Like until, until we take a gaze you know, at Christ first, and then, and then we look at ourselves, and we see how far off we are. See, man's biggest problem is sin. And, and you, know, you could say it like this, what good is your religion? If it, if it does nothing with sin. Because many, many religions try to, it tries to put, it's like putting makeup on a pig. You know, they try to make it look better. Like I'm going to fix myself. Even in Christian churches and people who claim to, to believe in Christ, they, they talk about trying to, um, trying to get right. They try, they got to get right before they come to church. They've got to, you know, look a certain way. Well, they're not dealing with sin. They're trying to pretty it up to make it look acceptable before them or before others. But they're not dealing with sin. Sin is an issue that stands between us and our God. God makes it clear that sin cannot enter into His presence. He's that holy and that good. Are you paying attention? And so here we have this problem. You know the, the, the passage that I shared with you, the word appear, it shows up three times. Okay, and so, so the first time, or the first one that I'm going to talk about, it says in verse 26, do you know He's appeared? He appeared to put away sin. He came to this earth... That 
God in the flesh that He came here. He came to this very earth so that He could deal with our sin. That's what He's willing to do. And I started thinking about it this morning. You know, I would read... You know, I would read about it before I was a father. I would read about, you know, God, the father offering the son. And, and that would, you know, it would boggle my mind. Wow, that's, that's got to be tremendous agony, but love, you know, to, to have done that. And, and then I became a father. And, and where I had a glimpse before, I feel like I have even more of an understanding you know, but it, but it just boggles my mind even more as I look at my children and I realize like the sacrifice that God the Father gave, and and the, and the fact that Jesus Christ will lay down His life, that He came, He appeared, He appeared to put away sin. It says He has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of Himself. It also says that He is appearing now in heaven. When you look in verse 24, for Christ has entered now, not, not into the holy places made with hands, which are copy of the true things, but into heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. So, so not only did He appear at, at the time of the cross and the resurrection, but that now He is in heaven. He appears in heaven at the right hand of the Father. He intercedes on our behalf. That's what He does for you and I. Look, look if that brushes past you, if that, if that doesn't impact you, then you're to a point where you've heard it so much that your heart has been hardened by it. You need to pray that God will soften your heart. Because the very one that died on the cross, that resurrected from the grave, that He is He is before the Father right now. And without Him, there is no atonement. Which means there is no forgiveness. And there is no reconciliation. Which, which means we cannot stand before God the Father without what He has done and what He is doing. Do you understand that? And so, and so here, in, I want to I look at Hebrews 10, so you can flip to the next chapter. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 11. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices. And so you know that, that this is what the high priest would do, and, and the priest would go daily, but the high priest would go once a year, the Day of Atonement, to offer up this sacrifice. But here what it's saying in Hebrews is, it says, which can never take away sins. They did that, and then all that it showed is that once a year, as they had to go back in, and they had to offer up an atonement for sins, once again, it was just a reminder that the sacrifice from the year before was not sufficient. That there had to be a greater sacrifice. That what happens when this life is over? Where will the sacrifice be? But yet the Old Testament, the Scriptures, kept pointing to the One who would come. The One who would be the sacrifice. The Messiah King. That He would be on His way. And in verse 12 it explains it. 
If you don't know it, if you don't understand it, look at this closely. Let God speak with His Word to your heart. It says, but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, He sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until His enemies should be made a footstool for His feet. For by a single offering, He has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. That last verse 14, that, that should be life changing for us. Reading that verse ought to change the way that we look at everything. Single offering. It's nothing that we can do. It's only what He's done. And it is perfected for all time. Not those that are perfect now, but you're being sanctified. Thank you, Jesus, that you are perfect. Because I can never be on my own. That my best day, my best moment, it would fail to reach God in His holiness. Thank God for this verse. Thank God for His gospel message. Thank God for His sacrifice. Do not brush past it tonight. What you're about to enter into as, as, you go, as we branch off is every bit of it. Every bit of it been prayed over. Studied over. A chance to grow closer to Christ. Further from our old self. To look more like He looks. It says that we're being sanctified. Let me ask you, church, are you being sanctified? Did not say that, that you are perfect, that you're being made perfect. Can you say that you are one of those? Can you say that He has come and He's offered a single offering for you? The third appear is this, and this is the one that gets me so excited. And it should. And I should live every day in this way. But that third appear in verse 28, chapter 9. Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, because it only took, it only took His blood. All that the bulls and goats did, all the sacrifices, all the things that we can try to do to be acceptable before God, could not match up. And all the sin that you've done and all the sin in the history of the world, it could not stand against His righteousness. For He is the one that could touch a leper and what was unclean would be made clean. And He can touch you as a sinner. And He can make you clean. It says that He will appear a second time He's coming back. Says not to deal with sin. That's been done with. He's dealt with it. It's finished. But He's coming back. It says to save those who are eagerly waiting for Him. Are you eager? Are you stirred tonight? Do you live your life in anticipation to meet the one that you've read about your whole life that you see a glimpse of? 
that before I was a father, I saw a glimpse of his love. And then I became a father and I realized a little bit more of his love. And as I've grown in the Christian walk, I've, I've gotten more glimpses of his love. But one day I'll see him face to face. How eager it is to want to meet the one that you know is the only reason why you breathe. The only reason why you have a chance to live eternally. The only reason why we can offer up praise. The only reason why we can enjoy happiness. The only reason why we can experience life and love. The only reason why we have anything and any gift. The only reason why we can have anything good is the one that we wait for to return. Are we eagerly waiting His return? I thought about, uh, as, I, as I spoke this morning at Bible Club, I saw, I saw this girl and I knew that her father had, had gone off uh, to, to the Middle East a couple times as a soldier. And I asked her right there in the middle of it, I said, I said how, how did you feel that day before after he had been gone so long? The, the man that you, know, you love to, to kiss you at night before you go to bed. But she loves her daddy. And he loves her. I said, how did it feel that night before when you knew you were going to see him the next day? She said, I could think of nothing else. Is this how we wait for the king that is returning in our life? That, that, we, that every waking moment that we are preparing his way into our heart. I can't say that I always do that, but man, I want to. As I read this verse, I want to. I want to more and more. I want to be one of those who eagerly waits on His return. The one that we call bridegroom who's returning for us is bride. Is there anything that we want more? Let's pray. God, my Father, God, I pray, Lord, that You would awaken hearts tonight. God, that You would, God, give us a, a desire to, God, to want to see You. Want to see the return of our King Jesus. Want Him to make everything that's wrong in this world right. To make it make sense. God, it says creation groans for You to make it right. God, let us be the ones that lift up Your praise higher than any others. God, we can't wait on the rocks to cry out, God. We must as Your people. We must let the world know. God, that You are the one that's worth waiting on. It's all in Christ's name I pray. Amen.